Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. LifeHouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. Great to have you here today. We're going to dive into Vision Sunday here in just a moment. Before I do, though, uh, do want to just first off say welcome to all of you who are here with us maybe for the very first time today. Lifehouse family, one more time, can we just give it for all of our first-time guests that are with us today? Sincerely glad you're here. We just uh, pray that you sense God's presence here and know how much we love you and just want to inv- invite you back. We have an incredible community here that we would love for you to experience and be a part of, so We'll, we'll, we'd love for you to come back a couple weeks and check us out and see what God might, might want to do uh, in you through, through Lifehouse Church. So we're just honored that you're here today. Uh, a couple things before we dive in, a couple things that I want to make you aware of. Everyone say three. Three, three things. Uh, our, prayer, our, our 14 days of prayer and fasting begins tomorrow. And so we'd love for you, if you haven't had the opportunity to sign up, man, we got some, man, we got some church people here. They're they, they clapping for prayer and fasting. Come on, somebody. This is, this, this is awesome. But... Um, yeah, hey, if, if you haven't done so, we'd love for you to let us know that you're joining us. One thing that you get whenever you do sign up is we'll shoot you out the 14 Days of Prayer and Fasting Guide, which, man, our staff has done an incredible job of writing devotionals for each day and, and, giving, us, and giving us scriptures and prayer focuses. So just want to make sure you sign up for that. You can let us know you're joining us by texting uh, FAST to 757-690-2401. It'll shoot you back a prompt, and you'll be able to sign up and join us. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, secondly, um, we are going to be having a night of prayer and worship January 17th. That's a Wednesday, but also on the night we're going to be having baptisms. So if you have never been baptized, if you are a follower of Jesus, one of the things that Jesus actually said for us to do is to be baptized. Baptism isn't the finish line. It is the, it is the starting line. It's kind of one of those things you do to share and show the world that you are a follower of Jesus. And so just want to encourage you, if you've never been baptized and you're a follower of Jesus, or maybe you were baptized when you were a child and really didn't know what you're doing, that, that was me. I got baptized when I was really young because I think I just wanted to get wet and wanted to get in the pool, you know. And then whenever I started to follow Jesus later in my, in my teenage years, I got re-baptized because I really knew what, what I was doing. And so just want to encourage you, um, you know, whether that's you or whether you've never been baptized, want to invite you. Uh, we would love to share in that moment with you on Wednesday, January 17th. So you can sign up to be baptized by texting baptized to 757-690-24001. And last but not least, if you're new to our church or new-ish, um, want to invite you out to Starting Point Social after both morning services next Sunday. So it's simply, it's just like a 20-minute meet and greet with myself and the staff of our church. And we would love to get to know you and say and say hi. So you can sign up for that by texting um, I, have, I have no idea what to text. So, so, so you, could, you, could, you could just text social. There you go. You can just text social to the phone number. And if you can't tell, that's our church phone number. So if you ever need to get in touch with us, that is the number that you would get in contact with. Well, are y'all ready to dive into God's word today? All right. All right. You guys are hungry. I love it. So today is something we do like once or twice a year. It's called Vision Sunday. And the reason we do Vision Sunday is because we think it's important for you to know where God is leading us as a church. See, we don't see the church as simply a place you go to. We see it as a purpose we join into, right? It's not just a place we go to consume. It's a place we contribute to see the church move forward, to do what Jesus said the church would do, that Jesus would build his church and the gates of hell would not be able to stand up against it. 
And so one of the reasons we do Vision Sunday is to look back on what God did in the previous year and to look forward to what we sense and feel God wanting to do in 2024. So I, I, I do want to, want to share with you a little, bit about, a little bit about what God did in 2023. If this is your first time here, bear with us. This is kind of the family meeting part here. Um, but, but also, too, though, it's really cool for you to see what God has done in our church. So if you could actually put that up. These are just some high-level numbers. And let me just talk about numbers real quick. Um, numbers tell part of the story, they don't tell the whole story, right? And so we thank God for that the, each number represents a person. Each person matters to God, and that's why it matters to us. There's books in the Bible. One is actually called Numbers. <laughs> so numbers <laughs> do matter to God. Uh, the very early church we see in the early history of the Bible, Acts, the book of the Bible, Acts, you can see they actually recorded numbers. And so we do that to help us know, are we tracking uh, to seeing the church uh, grow and be all that God has called it to be? So you kind of see some, some things here, some metrics that we tracked. One, um, we grew by 38% of the amount of people that come on Sundays. So we praise God for that. We love to see people come and follow Jesus, meet Jesus. Uh, we, ha we had 155 people let us know that they made a decision to follow Jesus last year. Can we just give God praise for that? <laughs> Saw 64 people baptized, 64 people start LifeTrack, which is the way to become an official member of our community here. And, and you can just see some other numbers there, 256 people serving, 355 people in life groups. Um, gave away 30, I mean, I mean, so, so, I mean, hopefully y'all can just, just see here. And the reason I share this with you is to say, this is what God is doing through us. So this is not about what God is doing through a person or just a couple people. This is what God is doing through our church. If you, if Lifehouse is your home church, this is a part that you played. And so I just sincerely want to say thank you. Isn't it awesome to see that God is moving in our church? Yeah, come on, let's just give God some praise. Highlight here that I just want to share with you is um, we, we actually had the highest giving year in our church ever. So um, can, you, can you actually put up the, um, the slide that shows the progression of giving? Um, you, can, you can see here this year we had a total of $721,660 uh, $721, given. And that's actually almost close to 7% increase from 2022. And the reason we, sh we show you this is just to praise God that our church is growing in, ge in, gen in generosity, right? Because here's the thing, right? Vision is, is vision's great, but also, too, we're going to, to move at the speed of our corporate generosity to see that vision happen, Right? So just want to say thank you if you gave. Thank, thank, thank you. As you can tell on the last slide, it's making a tremendous difference. And we just sincerely want to say thank you. We're also going to be emailing out to you the breakdown of our budget so you can kind of see where the money was spent. So we just sincerely want to say thank you. Can we just give God praise for all he did in 2023 and appreciate the part that we all play in that. Looking back, but also Vision Sunday is about looking ahead and saying, God, what do you want to do in our church in 2023? For. And vision is powerful. One of the things that the Bible says about vision, that without vision, people perish. And if you're a parent, and you know this with your kids, if your kids don't have vision, meaning, right? So I've got three boys. I call them the wear hurricane, right? Because three boys, 13, or they're soon to be 13, 10, and soon to be eight, right? And I've realized when my wife and I go out on a date night and they're old enough, we can leave them home. If they don't have vision, the house perishes, <laughs> each other perishes, everything perishes. 
because they don't have a vision of where they need to be or of what they need to be doing or why they're doing it. It perishes, right? Churches perish for lack of vision. Think about how much in your workplace you might have a visionless company or a visionless leader. How much does that affect what you do? Everything. Vision is powerful. And when this verse was said in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 20, 29, 18, this word vision there could also mean prophetic vision. Meaning that like when we lack a word from God, when we lack a divine revelation of God saying this is what's next, it can lead to a place of perishing because then we're left to our own vision. And that is what we don't want to do as a church. We want to lean in and pray, God, what do you want to do in our church in 2024? And I believe one of the most important things that I can do and give you as the lead pastor of this church is to give you a vision of where I sense and feel the Lord doing. So here's the thing. Our vision is not how many people we're trying to grow by. Right? We've, we've, we, we talked about that last year. Our vision went from, uh, you know, from being how many to what kind. We said, God, you've never needed a lot to do a lot. So, you know, like if God wants to grow the church, he could grow the church. So we're, we're gonna be wise, we're gonna be good stewards, we're gonna create places for people to, like we wanna create more space. As you can tell, it's getting a little tight in here. God forbid we have to do a third service. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, but, but, but keep inviting people. Keep inviting people, right? Like we, our heart is to see the church grow because Jesus loves people, right? But that's not the reason we exist. The reason we, we exist, the church exists, and, what we're, and that's why we changed the vision of our church to, is, is to live uncommon, to be uncommon followers of Jesus, those that follow Jesus, do life together, get in the game, and leave legacies, right? Like, so that, like it's, it's switched, but the vision of our church this year, I really feel, is connected to a portion of scripture in Luke chapter 10, verse number 38 through 42, that this hit me back in September. Down in Orlando, Florida, where we're at a conference, our staff is down there, and, you know, just, 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 it's so nice to just be in an environment where you don't have to lead anything. You're just receiving, and you're listening to the Lord, and you're able to receive, and I, like, Somebody preached on this, and it just started to stir my mind and heart and spirit, and I felt the Lord say so clearly, John, this is the vision for 2024. And it was just as powerful as when I felt the Lord say, it's not how many, it's what kind. And, I, and, and, and it's just like, this is going to be a shift in our church in a dramatic way. So I, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about what that looks, looks like, but I want to go ahead and read uh, this portion of scripture, Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. This is what it says. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha, everyone say Martha. Martha opened her home to him. So this is Martha's house. She had a sister called Mary, appreciate your help, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> no, that was Marsha, wasn't it? Sorry, I'm old. For all of you who don't know what that is, that's called the Brady Bunch. How many of you were Brady Bunch watchers here? Any Brady Bunch watchers? Come on now. That was a great show. Right? But I used to watch it Nick at night. See, this is how old I am. I'm, I hit 40 this year. So those of you in your 20s, just 
Just trust us, okay? <clears throat> Martha, 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 the Lord answered. You are what? And about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, actually, only one. Mary has what? What is? And it will not be taken away from her. I believe here that what, our, that God, what, what God is ultimately calling our church to in 2024 is to switch from being the Martha church to being the Mary church. So there were some words here that described Martha that you so gracefully said that I believe in many ways have described us individually and described Lifehouse corporately. And those words that, 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 uh, that, that the gospel writer used to, to, to talk about Mary or to talk about Martha's heart and spirit and posture was she was distracted, worried, and upset. And even some, and even some victimhood in there. What about Mary? She ain't helping me, Jesus. Right? So and when, when, when I was thinking about what the culture is trying to get you formed and shaped into, these are the three words that I think describe it. Don't we have a culture that wants you distracted, worried, and upset? Why? Because if the world and the culture can get you worried, upset, and distracted, it will get your money and it will get your time. And I, and, and I believe what, what I'm saying, what, what the Lord is calling us to is, is to shift from being Martha to shift to being Mary. So 2024 at Lifehouse is the year of better. Year of better. Because what I love in this passage is it says Mary, and this is what Jesus says when he was talking to Martha, who was like, yo, I'm distracted, I'm upset, I'm worried, got all this stuff going on, all these details going on. Jesus, don't you care about me? He said, hey, Martha, Martha, Martha. Mary has actually done what? Chosen what is better. I want to remind you today, you have a choice what you focus on. Because if we're not careful, the culture will make us feel like you don't have an option. If you're going to survive as a human in this culture, you have to be distracted, worried, and upset. It's like the operating system. It's like the operating system. But our world is frantically trying to cultivate us to be. Just think of, I mean, but, but I mean, there's a lot of distractions, isn't there? Man, this... We, we worried about everything. Are my kids going to be safe? Am I going to have enough money to retire on? Am I going to have money to pay my bills? What if Elon Musk blows the world up? What if robots take over the world? You know what I'm saying? Like all this stuff we have access to that doesn't create peace, it actually creates worry. Get on the next door app. You'll be worried tomorrow. Every car being broken into, my sister here in the front row, like, yeah, like, front, car being broken into, ring cameras catching every movement of everybody. <laughs> you, 
distracted, worried, and upset, doesn't it seem like there's people are at their boiling point? That one encounter could turn into a homicide. Road rage. Like, it's just people are at the point of just being done. That's the way of Martha. And the thing is this, is that there's a lot of not just people in the culture that live that way. There's a lot of Christians that live that way. Because it's easy to that. It's easy to be that way and do that way, not just in the culture, but even in the church. I mean, y'all been in a busy church? Like every night you got something going on? You can't have a meal with the family because you got Bible study one night, choir practice the next night, the next night you got this, that, and the other thing, and it's, and it's, and it's just like, you can even in the church, you can feel distracted, worried, and upset. And y'all, what I believe that the Lord is inviting us, everyone say invite, is inviting us into this year, individually and corporately, is to step out of the way of Martha and into the way of Mary. What are some things that described Mary? Can you put those up? Some of the things that, that describe Martha, distracted, worried, and upset. Let's look at what Mary was. Mary was peaceful, attentive, listening, and learning from Jesus. And what I believe the Lord is inviting us into this year is that the way of Mary becomes the posture of our hearts. That in the midst of our crazy, <laughs> insane lives and worlds that we make a decision to choose what is better that we realize we actually have the opportunity to make a choice let me point this out the story of mary and martha isn't a contrast between good and bad it's a contrast of good and better Martha stepping up and handling the details in her own home was noble, expected. It was a norm. It was a cultural norm. It was what she was supposed to do. She had guests in her home. I know how my wife gets when we're about to have guests in our home. I love you, babe. We start obsessing over stuff we never obsess over. Like people are going to come over there with a magnifying glass. Looking in our corners, looking up at our cobwebs. Like, but it's amazing how awesome it is, how much work and cleaning you can get done when you got someone coming over. You get hours worth done in like an hour. So I almost want to create a rhythm in our house to make sure someone comes over every single week so to make sure we get at least one house cleaning in a week, you know? I'm just kidding, babe. I don't, I might hear it on that one later. But, but just having three boys, man, it's, it's like, you feel like cleaning up is just pointless, <laughs> you know? Doing laundry, laundry, doing laundry doesn't mean anything, but the decision she had wasn't between good and bad. It was between good and better. And this is the way I believe a lot of our lives can be, and the decisions that you're going to have to make this year are some of the things that the Lord is, is going to invite you to say no to aren't bad things. They're just not the best thing. Is it wrong before bed to scroll on on TikTok, Instagram for 30 minutes and laugh. I love it. There's some stuff online that just gets me rolling. But is it better to put the phone down and not be distracted and spend some time being attentive to Jesus? 
Y'all seeing what I'm saying? You're going to have the opportunity this year to go to work and worry a lot. Some of y'all know what I'm saying. You go to work and you're just worried. What's the boss think? Am I going to have? I mean, you, you're just overflow with worry, and you're going to have the opportunity to make a choice. Come on, somebody. To make a choice and say, am I going to spend my day and time worried or am I going to spend it aware, attentive to listening and learning from Jesus? Are y'all, are y'all hearing, hearing me? This is what the Lord is inviting you, inviting us, inviting our church into this year. And this is not a decision between good and bad. This is a decision between good and what Mary what Jesus said was better. So choosing the way of Mary might mean you say no to some things so you can say yes to better things. It might mean instead of adding Jesus into your life, you might need to make him the center. This is why I think we struggle with choosing the best, choosing what is better because of the place where Jesus is in our life. Because I think we're taught, unfortunately, many times by the churches that we just need to add Jesus to our life. So he becomes like an insurance policy that you have when you need it. You know what I'm saying? No one thinks about their car insurance until they get in an accident. No one thinks about their life insurance until there's a death. But unfortunately, many times, this is the way we've been taught, even by the church, is Jesus, just have Jesus as an insurance policy, not the center of your life. And what I believe the Lord is calling our church to is not looking at Jesus as just something we add. Jesus was never meant to be an add-on. Jesus never said, whoever wants to be my disciple must add me to their life. And I can fit where I can fit whenever I can. He said, no, I, whoever wants to follow me and be my disciple must do what? Must crucify, must, must crucify themselves, carry their cross, and follow me. That, that there was this idea of putting Jesus in the center. And I believe sometimes we don't put Jesus in the center because we haven't really tasted how good he is. There, there's a verse in the Bible that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I believe that unfortunately many of us have only not really tasted how good he is. And I believe that some of us this year that as you turn your attention towards and as you turn from the way of being busy and distracted and turn towards the way of Mary you're going to actually taste and see that the Lord is good and it's going to create in you this appetite of wanting to if 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 this is how good life can be all the time this is what I want why because when you, when you have an awareness of Jesus and his presence and his nearness to you We'll talk more about that later. But So how does this apply to our church? If, if you know anything about our church, and if, and if you're new here, let me just kind of, like our church is about seven years old. We're going to celebrate seven years this year in, sep, in September. So we're kind of a newish church. I heard one guy say your first five years of a church don't even count because you make so many mistakes. I don't say it, it, it hasn't counted, but we've made a lot of mistakes. We're growing, we're morphing, we're changing, we're trying to figure things out, but if there's anything you know about our church, if you've been here from the, from the beginning, is we've been a busy church. Who's been here from the, from the beginning? Okay, we got some Carlson there. We got Austin Gore over there. We got the Hamlins. Yeah, so if, if you know anything about our church, we have been a busy church. We've been Martha. 
I mean, we trying to do, I mean, just, just, let's get it. Jesus coming back soon. Let's, 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 let's get it. And that's a lot of how we lived our life as a church for the first six years, just trying to get people busy. Now, like I said, there's nothing wrong with the way of Martha. The busyness that she did actually served Jesus, right? And there was nothing wrong in the first six years of our church of wanting to be busy. But that's why it was, it was like, but at the same time, like, is there something better? And that's why I felt the Lord say, like, hey, like, maybe the way isn't the way of Martha. Maybe it's the way of Mary. And that's what I have felt is that the Lord is calling our church to shift in 2024 to the way of Mary. And saying, how can we create environments and rhythms to maybe quiet some of the busyness and create environments to be listening and learning at the feet of Jesus? Why? Because we can have the desire to want to be at the feet of, of Jesus, but there is going to be a cost because there's some things you have to say yes to and some things you have to say no to. And that's what we're thinking about as we go into this year. So I just want to share with, with you what some of these rhythms are going to look like for our church and how we are going to try to partner with you to help create some rhythms so you can function in the way of Mary in 2024. So kind of just these, you know, and I feel like we're still trying to flesh this out. We're still trying to like, you know, 100% look at what this is. So probably some of it we're gonna be building on the fly, but just let me walk through some of these here. Like we're gonna keep gathering here at the Kiln Creek Regal on Sundays at nine and 1045. Right, we're going to keep doing seasonal life groups, and we've got some incredible life groups, y'all. If you're looking to get plugged into community, I want to encourage you, man. Hey, they're going to be starting at the end of January. We're actually going to be putting the groups out next week. And if you are a man, man, we have an incredible men's group that meets on Tuesday nights at 630. And I want to invite you to come out and hang out and grow as men grow together in the Lord and join me there. Our, our women's group has become like a small church. They got like 40 women coming out there. On Tuesday, on Monday nights, they kind of have a large group, but then they have smaller, smaller. Uh, then they have smaller groups going on, six, seven, eight, eight groups going on, and, and just it's just an incredible community for ladies to come together and learn and grow together in Jesus. Our Young at Heart group, which is our seasoned saints, fifty-five and up, um, they gather on Friday nights. Our young, our young adult group gathers on Thursday nights. Marriage groups, we got prayer groups coming. So just. Just like we invite you into these rhythms to help cultivate the way of Mary into your life. So after the prayer and fasting, we're actually going to have a corporate day of, of prayer and fasting every day on Thursday. Every week on Thursday, we're going to have a dedicated day to invite you into praying and fasting. Next slide. Kind of like some just like other rhythm things. Number one, like the second Sunday of the month is always going to be starting point social. The second Wednesday of the month on Zoom, we're going to have LifeTrack. LifeTrack is the way if you want to learn more inform information about our church and you want to become an official part of the LifeHouse community, this is what you would walk through. The third Sunday of the month, we're going to launch something called Serve 101, which is a way for you to get plugged in on the incredible teams we have at LifeHouse and to help you get in the game. The fourth Sunday of the month, and this is kind of one of, one, one of those like bigger changes. We're going we're gonna to do something called Sabbath Sunday. And this is going to start in February, which is like on the fourth Sunday of the month, each fourth Sunday of the month, we're not going to meet here for church. We're going to meet in homes. 
going to be in homes. So, because, and just, just, just to be candid, okay? So we're a setup and tear down church, meaning we're portable. It's a beast every Sunday to come in here and take a movie theater, turn it into a church. We got volunteers that gather here every Sunday at 6.30. So when you are sleeping in, enjoying your morning, and your coffee, we've got volunteers coming in and setting up, setting up worship, setting up the kids' environments, setting up all of the, all of the different areas we have. And we figured one of the best ways that we could help cultivate the way of Mary in our church is to give some of our volunteers a deep breath. Give some people in our church a deep breath so we can still gather together. Because that's one thing that's beautiful about the church. The church isn't a place. The church is people. So it's not like we're going to stop gathering. So, so we're going to actually, instead of gathering here, we're going to start gathering in people's homes. So we need, we need some of y'all to open your home. And be like, yo, I would love to have some people over because we're going to have, and then if some of y'all are like, I don't want to gather with no one. I don't want to go to no one's house. You know, that, that's fine, you know, no problem at all. But we think it would, you know, it'd be good for you. So, but at the, but at the same time, we're going to have church online. So you're going to be able to watch the service online if you desire, but also to at the homes, they're, they're going to do the online service to, together, worshiping together, eating, you know, eating and fellowshipping together. And we just believe that this will just be an incredible way for us as a church to cultivate the way of Mary and to be present and attentive and listening and learning. Because one of the things about Sundays, I love Sundays, but, sun, but Sundays are quick and fast and you don't get a lot of talk or a lot of things beyond, how's it going, man? You doing good? How, how the kids, man? You doing good? I want to be like you, bro. No, I want to be like you. And it's just like a bunch of gym talk, you know what I'm saying, that goes on. And, and you can't really cultivate a lot of relationship. And so we want to create an opportunity for for, for there to, you know, we love the fact that we, that, that we get to worship together. Love the fact that we get to hear God's word together. Love the fact that we get to fellowship and we have children's ministries and we have youth ministry and we have all those things going on. But it's like, we just felt like, man, what if we take a Sunday and, and, and just spend some time in people's homes, getting to know each other, visiting together, eating together, worshiping together. And, and we just kind of take a deep breath and kind of make it a Sabbath Sunday. So we're going to be reaching out to you with more information about this, but this is kind of one of those bigger changes, though, that we're like, well, we believe this is from you, and uh, that we just think is really going to help us, like I said, cultivate the way of Mary. Also, too, on the fourth Wednesday of the month, we're, we're, we're going to have a, um, a night of prayer and worship that we call Seek Night. So we've kind of done nights of prayer and worship kind of sporadically as we've wanted to do them, but I really felt the Lord say these need to be monthly. These, these need to be prioritized gatherings that we come together and just pray and seek the Lord and with no agenda, we just come and we spend time in his presence practicing the way of Mary. Also the fourth Saturday of the month is going to be, is going to be our community serve day where we're gonna have opportunities for you to go out and serve in our community. So we're, we're trying to get a rhythm down in our church so you can be invited into that corporately as a part of our church that will hopefully cultivate the way of Mary into us this year corporately. But also, too, there will have to be decisions made about how you're going to cultivate the way of Mary in your life individually. Right? And I find it interesting that Jesus said here, right, whenever he was saying, Mary's chosen what is better, that, that few things are needed, but only one thing is actually needed, and Mary has chosen it. 
when we're talking about what does this better way look like, this better way looks like you being aware of and living in the presence of Jesus. Because I don't know if you know this, following Jesus was never meant for you to like compartmentalize him. So when you're at church, you're with Jesus. When you're at work, you're not. When you're walking in the mall, you're, you're, you know, you're with him. When you're praying, you're with him. When you're in the club, <laughs> Jesus ain't with you in there, okay? Or if, or if you're not, you know, like, like this is how we can sometimes think. We can sometimes think Jesus is with us in some places, but not with us in other places. This is not at all what Jesus said nor had in mind for those who are his followers. I want to remind you of what Jesus said, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, one of the final things he said to his disciples before he left. He said this, surely I am with you. Say that one more time. Always to the very end of the age. Jesus' idea, he's always with you. You're always with him. He is never not with you. But how many of us live into that reality? I think of how much more boldness, courage, and confidence you would have in your life if you were aware that Jesus is with you. Think of how much more wisdom you would have if you knew Jesus was with you. Think of how much more holiness you would desire if Jesus was with you. Think, you know what I'm saying? And, and this doesn't have to be some crazy, this could actually be your reality. And, and I know in some ways it's, it sounds weird and it sounds like maybe not what you thought Christianity was and following Jesus was. Maybe you thought following Jesus was Jesus is trying to get you to stop doing bad things. When actually Jesus' goal was to never leave you nor forsake you. To be with you. That was one of his promises. So it, when you don't know that or when you don't feel it, it's not that he is not there. It's many times we aren't aware of it. This is why many times we've stopped praying, God, show up. It's like he's already here. What we need to start praying is, God, make me aware of your presence that's already here. And this is the way that I believe as we follow the way of Mary, we will actually start to have revelation. We'll start to actually have a deep awareness that Jesus is with you. As you are intentional, creating spaces and places to be at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning from him. See, the reason why Mary was sitting at his feet is this is what disciples did with their rabbis. Rabbis would be teaching and sharing. And those who had chosen, make a decision to follow their rabbi, they would come and sit at the rabbi's feet to soak up everything they were saying. And I believe, y'all, that, that as we take this as we take this step and we say, hey, we want to live in the presence of Jesus so we can be aware of Jesus, so we can know we're never alone, he's always with us, that we can actually realize this. Here's the thing. Being with Jesus isn't just a moment in a service. It can actually be a lifestyle you live in. It can be a lifestyle. It can actually be a lifestyle where you live in light of the presence of Jesus that is with you. This is one of the things that I've been in. Over the past three years, I've been on this journey of kind of like revigorating my faith. You're like, but you're a pastor. Yeah, but when you follow Jesus a while, like you can kind of lose that fire. And as I've kind of been on this, this journey, one of the things that has sparked that fire is cultivating rhythms to help me be aware of the presence of Jesus that is already there. 
Like, how, what would change in your life of instead of, of the first thing you did whenever you woke up, you prayed first? And you just said, this is going to be a rhythm. If I feel it, if, if I don't, I'm going to spend some time in prayer. See, and that's why I don't want to get religious on you and tell you you need to do this and that and the other thing. Because if you hear me say it, it's, it's not as powerful as if you hear the Holy Spirit say it. I could tell you to do this, that, and the other thing, because I'm telling you mostly today what I feel God calling our church church, church to, but I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to speak to you about rhythms and disciplines and ways to help you be cognizant and aware of the presence of God, of Jesus' presence that is already there. Why? Because that's the way of Mary. But I want to let you know it can actually be a lifestyle. I just think of the courage and boldness you would have if you lived in light of that. I just think of the anxiety that would start to decrease if you started to be aware that Jesus doesn't condemn you for the anxiety. He actually sits with you in the anxiety. Some of y'all think Jesus is only with you if you're living at a certain way. Let me tell you, that's, that's a lie. Because many of us will try to clean ourselves up before we come to Jesus instead of going to Jesus how we are. Jesus ain't like clean yourself up or get over that and then I'll be, I'll be with you. What Jesus does is he actually gets down to where we are. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus. That's why Jesus said, just think about the woman that was caught in adultery. She's standing there naked, whatever. Jesus doesn't say, he gets down there with her. He doesn't say, clean up, then we can chat. He says, no, I want to get down there with you. Because some of y'all have this view of Jesus and, and the, the, the reason you compartmentalize your faith is because you think he's only with you when you're good enough. You'll never be good enough, fam. You will never be good enough. That's the point of the gospel. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. So if you try to be good enough, and y'all know what I'm going to say next. We don't try, we train. At LifeHouse, if, if you come part of our church, that's what we say. We're not trying to be like Jesus. We're training to be like him. And part of that training is, like, you stop trying to be so good for Jesus to love you, and you start training to be like him because he already loves you. It's a new way, y'all. And as you do that, you start to look at Jesus' goodness instead of your badness. You start to see his perfections instead of your imperfections. You start to see his power instead of your lack. You start to see his grace instead of your messed upness, right? Like, it's, it's a way to welcome in the way of Jesus in your life. Are y'all here in my heart? The way of Mary. Now, let me clear a, a couple things up, and then we're going to pray. Like, when I say being in the presence of Jesus, that can sound a little whatever. So let me tell you what that doesn't mean, that your life will be easier. Some of y'all equate Jesus liking you by how easy your life is. There is nothing, if that is the truth, the father really hated Jesus. So Jesus, like being in the presence of Jesus doesn't mean your life is going to be easier. Jesus even said when he was with his disciples, he said, hey, in this world you're going to have trouble. Why don't you see that on Christian bumper stickers? Why don't you see that on coffee cups? Why don't you see that sold in the Christian bookstores? Why don't you see that painted on sports players' eyes? 
Everyone wants John 3.16. Everyone wants Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to hope and prosper you, give you hope in the future. So then we think whenever we hit trials, whenever we, we hit things, then we think God doesn't like us and I'm not in God's presence. What am I doing wrong? When it's like you could actually be doing everything right. And the reason I tell you that is, is because Satan will try to use trials as a way to take you away from God instead of using it as a way to draw closer to God. Many times the thing you struggle with is where God wants to meet you. I share this all the, all, all, all the time. Stuttering is something I've struggled with my whole life, and God's like, preach. I'm like, you're horribly, you're horrible, God. <laughs> Stuttering preacher, it's like a blind baseball player. Great. Perfect. This is great. <laughs> right? But it's, it's like, it's by God's grace, I've, you know, a lot of work, a lot of growth. And what I real, I just pray God take it away, take away, God take it away. You going, you want to preach? You have to take it away. And God's like, this is where I'm gonna meet you, man. You're gonna actually actually see how unimportant you are and how important I am. The struggle was where I met the Lord. You can actually pray away things where God wants to meet you. Paul did the same thing, 2 Corinthians 12. That, that, that's, that's why it's called the thorn in the flesh. Paul's like, got the thorn, God. Jesus, you going to take this away? He said, no. I actually told him no. I'd have been mad if I was Paul. <laughs> been like, I'm planting all these churches for you. I'm doing all this work for you, and you're going to tell me no. And Jesus told him, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Paul met a side of God that he would have never met unless he had a thorn, unless he had a struggle. So when I say living in the presence of Jesus, I don't mean you won't ever have thorns, you won't ever have troubles. Actually, when you are in those thorns and in those troubles with Jesus, that's where he meets you. Because you come to the end of yourself and you finally meet the beginning of him. So when I say live in the presence of Jesus, I'm not saying this year's this is gonna be the year better, which means easier, <laughs> right? We think easier is better. When easier doesn't mean that when easier doesn't grow you. So actually, better living in the way of Mary is instead of keeping the Lord away from when you fail, you invite Him into when you fail. It's inviting into your struggle, your your troubles and your struggles. Is that good? Is that helpful? Living in the presence of Jesus, or being in the presence of Jesus doesn't mean you become a monk or hermit crab. Living in the presence of Jesus doesn't mean you get away in your prayer closet. And you're like, I'm quitting my job, Lord. I'm going to be with you. You're like, I'm going to become a nun, Lord. I'm going to buy me a monk outfit off Amazon. Go to some place and live it up as a monk or hermit crab for Jesus. This is, this is not what Jesus had in mind for living in his presence. He, he had in, in mind that in the ordinary whatever of your life, you invite Jesus into all of it. So instead of being like you go into your job and being like, your job is hell, and you go to it, and you're like, hey, Jesus, I'll see you in eight, eight hours when I'm done. 
You say, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to invite you into this day. And we're going to do this together. And it's not going to be me helping. It's, it's not going to be you helping me. I'm going to be helping you. One of the things that changed my life is realizing Jesus is actually the lead pastor of Lifehouse Church. Because when I thought, I, I mean, technically, yes, but at the same time, in my spirit and heart, I felt the burden of trying to carry this. That's going to crush everybody. That's going because I can't do it. But when there was a shift in my spirit of Jesus is the lead pastor and I get to help him, it's amazing how much weight comes off. And I just think of how many weights would come off of you, and instead of you asking Jesus to bless and accompany you in what you're doing, you actually shift it and say, Jesus, you're in charge. You are the, you, you are the boss. You are this occupation. You are this, this and, and, and I'm just here to help you. That's what it can mean to, like, not spiritualize this whole being with Jesus thing, but to make it practical. Are y'all here in my heart? I want our church to not run from the darkness, run to the darkness. Because we have the lightest light ever. His name is Jesus. Jesus did not run from the darkness. He ran towards it. Because he, he, he had the light. So you'll be tempted to be like, man, you know what? I'm going to live in the presence of Jesus. I'm going to run from everything hard. What I want to encourage you is, is that maybe God's going to call you to run towards the hard. And be with you in it. Okay, so let's talk about what it does mean. Keyboard player, please come up. We, we, gotta, we, we gotta lay in this plane. So living in the presence of Jesus does, does mean you choose, right? We said that this is a choice. You're not a victim, you can have a choice this year. But also too, it's gonna take rhythms to help cultivate an awareness of his presence in your life. And this is the part where we need to be invited in today. Like I said, we're gonna have rhythms as a church to help you live the way of Mary, but I'm going to, like I said, trust the Holy Spirit to talk to you about certain things to help you cultivate through prayer and worship. One of the things is maybe instead of going to work, listening to talk, to talk radio, you turn on worship music and make your car a sanctuary. We always try to make time for God instead of, real, of inviting him into the time we do have. Like, I didn't have no time to pray. Did you go to work today? Like, do you, do, you, do you see how we can separate the sacred and the secular instead of inviting Jesus into all of it? We can try to make time. Let's stop making time. Let's invite him into the time we do have. I just went through puberty. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> but it's, it's like inviting him in to the normal, ordinary, everyday stuff and realizing he's not separate. He's not away we don't have to be busy, distracted, and upset, and worried. We can still, in the light of our every day, we can still be present and attentive and focused on listening to and learning from Jesus. So as you're praying through what the Lord would invite you into in your daily schedule, I'm, I'm going to actually share with you something that we're going to give you on the way out. Can we, can we turn this guy's keyboard on? This brother over here playing and nothing's coming out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, okay. Um, hey, there, there we go. Um, so we, we're, we're gonna actually give you, as, as you walk out today, something called the apprentice prayer. That we, we want to give this to you as a prompt 
every day in 2024 to first thing you do when you wake up or, or before you go to work, before you kind of enter into your, maybe after you have your coffee. <laughs> after I have my two shots of espresso, right? Um, is, is, to, is to pray this, read this prayer. This prayer has transformed my wife and I's life. My son and I, we pray it every day as we drive to school because it's a prompt to help remind us we're in the presence of Jesus. Our lives are centered around Jesus. Our life is his school for teaching us more to be like himself. So I, I wanna just read it to you as we close today. And like I said, as you walk out today, we're gonna give you this card. I wanna encourage you to just take a picture of it or how, whatever way you need to have it as a prompt to invite you into the way of Mary in 2024. This is what it says. It says, Jesus, I love you. Father, I adore you. Holy Spirit, I rely on you. Lord Jesus, I seek to live as your apprentice in all I do today. I want to pause right there. Why does he say apprentice? Because an apprentice is simply someone that is learning to do things in a way that someone else is doing it. We even have something called the apprentice school right over here where you go and learn to be a plumber or you learn to paint you learn to do these things and you are training under somebody learning to do what they do in many ways that is what we are doing with Jesus he saves us he saves us from hell he he eternally saves us but that's not just what Jesus came to do he came to show you how to live how to be a human how to be emotionally healthy that's what he does we are apprenticing as his followers as his disciples under him so it it says, Lord Jesus, I seek to live as your apprentice in all I do today. And I love this phrase. My school, my life is your school for teaching me. What a powerful statement. I relinquish my agenda for this day, and I submit myself to you and your kingdom purposes. In all situations today, I pray your will, your way, your time. Dear Father, I ask you to ordain the events of this day and use them to make me more like Jesus. I trust you, sovereign Lord, that you won't let anything happen to my family or me today, except that it passes through your loving hands. So no matter what problems, hardships, or injustices I face today, help me not to worry or get frustrated. Who does that sound like? The way of Martha. But instead to relax. Everyone say relax. What a, what a unique way that would be, wouldn't it? Relax in the yoke of your providence. Providence simply means your hands. Yes, today I will rejoice because I am in your eternal kingdom. You love me and you are teaching me. My Lord, I devote my whole self to you. I want to be all and only for Jesus. Today I seek to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength, and all my relationships. Today I depend on you, Holy Spirit, not my own resources. Help me to keep in step with you. Today I look to love others as you love me, dear God, blessing everyone I meet, even those who mistreat me. Today, I'm ready to lead people to follow you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't that powerful? What a prompt this could be to every day shift your life in the way of Mary. Attentive, peaceful, learning from and listening to Jesus instead of the way of being distracted, upset, and worried. Here's the challenge, Lifehouse. Let's choose what is better in 2024, being with Jesus. We stand up with the church.
Come on. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just spend some time with the Lord here before we sing and respond to God's word and before we receive communion together like we do each week. And Just be before we receive communion, the scripture implores us to, before we, we receive it, to um, basically see if, we're, see if we're in the faith, see if we're following Jesus. And I just really feel led right now to invite some of you to not just choose a better way to live the way of Mary, but to start following Jesus. The way of Mary begins with Jesus. Following him, and maybe today you need to Make a decision to follow him. Maybe you grew up in church and you knew about Jesus and you, you, you did some religious things, but you don't ever remember what Jesus said is, is to repent, to turn and follow him and not just compartmentalize him or not just add him to your life, but to make him the center. Maybe you've never done that before. I want to invite you to do that today. Maybe you know you follow Jesus that one time, but you've gone off track and you need to, you need to course correct and follow him today. I just want to invite you into that. The way we do it at our church is we just... Have you say yes. I'm going to count to three when I do, and we just want to invite you. You can just say yes. We believe by saying yes, what that actually does is it actually is the word you use to open the door of your heart and let Jesus in to be Lord of Lords and King of Kings and, and Savior and, and your teacher and the one that, you're, that you are going to be apprenticing under for how we should live life. And So I just believe that as you say yes, something supernatural happens. Something in the spirit happens where something shifts and the Lord does a supernatural work. So I just want to invite you into that. I'm going to count to three when I do. If you want to follow Jesus, you've never done it before or you need to course correct as we enter a brand new year. I just want to invite you to say yes on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. Did you hear that, Life, life House? Was the, wasn't that a beautiful sound? Can we just give it up for all those that said yes today? And so I just want to pray with all those that said yes today. And there's, there's nothing, you know, magical about this prayer. It's simply me taking your hand and putting it in Jesus' hand because he's the one that saves you. It's not a church, not a pastor, it's him. So I just want to invite those of you who said yes. And I just want to invite all of us to pray this prayer just as a sign of unity and synergy uh, to pray this. And for those that said yes today, and just to take their hand and put it in Jesus' hand. Pray this after me. Jesus, thank you for inviting me in to a better way. In response to you dying on the cross, in my place and for my sin, I give you my life, all of me. I make a decision today to follow you, to be your apprentice in all that I do. I make a decision today to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about Lifehouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.